Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to joke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or Carrie. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome head to head cannon. head cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to talk to you. It has been a long time. I don't even know how long it's been. Years. Ten. More than that. Fifteen years since I've seen you. Uh, but Heather Dent, it's a pleasure to have you. I know you from back in the day from Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. I'm sorry if you just heard a, a loud bang. I, I live in a, a bangy apartment. Um, oh, I did, I did not. No, I wish I had heard that. <laughs> got my heart rate going. Um, <laughs> Is there a murder? Is there a murder? <laughs> yeah. Do you have something you need to tend to? No, it's it's just neighbors. Yeah. Um, you need to no, get the blue uh, and bang back, man, like if you want to. <laughs> sorry about that. No, um... Yeah, thank you for for having me. Um, it is lovely to to talk to you. It has been far too long. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons we love doing this show. Is it's it's, I mean, you always, I, I'm always like, man, I want to like reach out and reconnect to people and talk to people, but then you just, you know, you just don't most of the time. So you know, in in doing this is a fun project because I'm like, oh, who you know, who would be an interesting guest? Who's something I haven't talked to and somebody I haven't talked to in a while. And then, yeah, it's, it's just a really nice way to just, like, reconnect, catch up with people, see how they're doing, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Especially Bloomington people. Bloomington people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking you're, of... You're, you live in Bloomington right now? Uh, no, I actually live in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, that's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What took you out there? What are you doing out there? Uh, right now, not a lot. I, I have been working with uh, a number of, like, youth nonprofit after-school program. Okay. Type things kind of taking a step back from that during the pandemic and right. focusing on uh, on writing projects more. But nice. yeah, I've, I've worked with uh, a few like uh, like I, I worked with uh, the Girl Scouts in Indianapolis, and I've worked with some similar organizations out here in Eugene as well. Okay, awesome, nice. So what kind of, uh, as far as writing projects, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before, but you, uh, I, you know, I'm reading something you're working on that you, you, you graciously agreed to share with me. Is there, what, what kind of stuff other than this, have you been, what kind of other stuff are you working on? Cause I, I have a little bit of taste, you know, from this one project, but, but yeah, I'm curious what else you've been working on. Um, I've done like some like short film projects with my partner and, uh, like there was another, like short novella project that I did sort of right before the the longer one that you uh, have taken a look at. Right. Um, other than that, recently it's just been a lot of grant writing. But... <laughs> oh, okay. Is that for, are you, are you working for, uh, if you don't mind saying, are you working for somebody doing grant writing, a nonprofit or something, I'd imagine? Not at the moment. I, I was until... Um, the end of 2019 and then i i just it just wasn't a good situation anymore the underemployment and all that so right okay. time to focus on on writing right yeah myself i mean yeah i've, n I've never done any grant writing myself but i worked at a non-profit um 
maybe I don't citizens action coalition in in Indiana. I worked for them for about seven years and there it's like a consumer and environmental environmental advocacy organization. So I, I was always like peripherally aware of like all the administrative stuff going on to, to just keep that ship afloat, <laughs> you know, which, which involves a lot of work. So definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just trying to keep on top of, you know, how much time it takes to, you know, make a living with writing is, is exhausting and then like getting adequately compensated for it. But mm-hmm. I just, I had this, you know, the opportunity to really pursue like an idea that I was excited about. And, you know, the past couple of years is just like, life is short, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah. find your joy and you know like work hard at it and seize the day so yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely speaking of uh brent i know you're you're a big fan of seizing the day what what have you been what have you been up to i know over the weekend we were texting a lot about waffle house so i don't know yeah i bought a um we we had we had, because of a terrible awful uh i'm not gonna uh, spare you the details carpet situation in our bedroom puppy dog we had to tear them up and get new flooring oh man with that i got a rebate check from like the flooring and with that i bought a griddle so i have like the waffle house on my deck right now it's amazing that's awesome i mean we made grilled cheeses earlier tonight (laughs) oh and then do you want to see something else that's that i did sure yeah are we We traveling we had a leaky faucet in our bathroom okay and i replaced a i replaced a faucet and it works nice well done. Wait, watch this. Watch this. It has a light on it. Wait, there's What's a... What's the purpose of that? Oh, there... you can't see it because of my screen. Yeah, but there's a light on the faucet? Yeah, can you see it now? Is it on? Not really, but I can... Is, is it maybe if you're, you, like, wake up in the middle of the night and you're... I don't know. You don't want to turn all the lights on, maybe? I don't know. But you'd think if you, if you could, in the dark, find the handles of the faucet... You could be smart enough to just put your hands under the water, right? <laughs> like, why is there a light in the nozzle? Of the fo- it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Nice. I feel real hydrated today. I had a lot of water. It was good. Not from the sink or anything. Just at work, I drink a lot of water. Right. <laughs> I'm going to get wine-drated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you needed water from the sink, it's there, and you could get it in the it's... middle of the night, no problem. So. Yeah. With the illumination, man. I don't know. Maybe there's like, what is it? There's like LED maybe in there to like help purify it more. Like, what is that? Or, like, or like ultra ultraviolet lights or whatever. You think it's an ultraviolet light? Will that give me hand cancer? <laughs> I don't know. Did they not tell? Wait, did they not tell you when you bought the faucet? I didn't like talk to a guy. I just pulled it off the shelf. Oh well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know, man. I, I went to a uh, like a talk once about um it was about reproductive health actually but we, we got to talking about access to clean water mm-hmm. and um this woman who was there by herself like started talking about like silver s- something about like light and, and minerals or something and like purifying water or something maybe it's it's something like that all right yeah maybe there's like pure silver in my (laughs) it was it was definitely a little unusual i i i wasn't sure exactly what she was discussing it was something that you could buy to like purify water if you weren't living with running water I, i i may not have the the concept Right. Damn. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe purifying it with silver, and then you can use it against vampires or werewolves, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was something about like putting minerals in it. I just assumed it was, you know, because you get up in the middle of the night and you don't want to like put on the light. Lights, yeah. See, I gotta say, when when I like, if I uh, on occasion, you know, get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'll usually just use my phone to light the way. I don't like. I usually don't turn on all the lights because I don't. I don't want to deal with all that light. So, I actually I sleep with the light on. I'm oh. scared of the day. I okay. do. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to shut my door behind me because it's creeping me out. And then also, if you look like the light bulb fixtures look like eyeballs, so I'm going to shut the door. 
Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that monster yeah. in that room. This <laughs> is eyeballing monster coming at me from behind. You don't need my situation. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that in the middle of a podcast. Not, not, no, not in today's COVID world. No, there's enough. Another- there's enough to deal with without worrying about monsters creeping behind you in the bathroom. So it's like what my children are worried about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to protect them, and I'm worried about that. Right. Well, see, you get that. How? What? What better way to protect them than like being able to understand their fear, right, and what they're afraid of? So, right. <laughs> but anyway, sure. we're we're not here to yeah. talk about boogeyman in the closet. No, we're here. We're here to talk about a wonderful film that I was unaware of. I've seen this poster. Uh, yeah. So, so I like the poster looked very familiar to me, but for whatever reason, I, like I knew nothing about this movie before I watched it over the weekend. So, um, Heather, I'm curious if you could kind of intro the movie for us, kind of tell us what it's about and uh, what your connection is to this movie and why you chose this movie to share with us. Oh, well, uh, I'm kind of 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 two minds uh, because on the one hand, I I get a little frustrated at like the the promotional materials and and the posters because I feel like they sort of skip ahead to third act yeah um which i love the third act but i I think sort of like you know similar to the shining it's a lot more interesting if it you know starts out with this like regular guy with a family and then devolves into madness like may tells the story of may a a young woman who has uh, she's very isolated and, and awkward, but um, very sensitive and creative. Um, and she is a veterinary assistant who gets crushes on people, but she's very uh, she's not good at connecting with people and despite being a veterinary assistant she's not very good at connecting with animals either <laughs> and yeah <laughs> her uh, struggles with um loneliness as a result of this yeah 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 it all kind of stems back to i guess being made fun of for her her eye her eye right from when she was yes. a child yeah and like the, the fucked up way her mom would handle shit too it was weird yeah yeah i think it was a combination of yeah her lazy eye and then her her mom being and the vibe which it's interesting because like there's all this you know obviously this trauma that she's gleaned from largely her mother uh but the beginning of the movie it doesn't it doesn't show a whole lot of that uh but you do get just get this idea that her mom is this like perfectionist where everything has to be perfect and especially the doll is I think a, a you know a, a metaphor for her like being behind the glass and untouchable and this like perfect presentation, but you like you can't actually interact with it or or touch it, you know. And, and you can't maintain even behind glass, you know, like you can't maintain that forever, you mm. know, like maybe for a few years as a child when you're protected by your parents, but it's just not sustainable and in real life and yeah it, it all goes terribly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah as, as you could probably predict eventually goes terribly but i like like also this kind of uh i don't know if you call it a theme but this this idea of like perfection and this like uh attempt to attain perfection and that's something i've always been interested in and there's a and for whatever this has been described in lots of different ways, lots of different artists, lots of different writers and and musicians. But I always think of this, uh, there's a Quasimodo song, right? Which maybe I'll cut in right here. Yesterday belongs to the dead. Tomorrow belongs to the living. The past is certified as a finished product. Anything which is ended is finished. That which is perfect is finished. The perfect man is no exception to the rule. The perfect man of the past is made according to the rule of the past. The rule of the past is a law of injustice and hypocrisy. The revelation of the meaning of the law is revealed through the law itself. But it, it says something about like uh, that—that which is, you know, basically, if something is perfect, then it's finished, 
and that which is finished is ended and that which is ended is dead you know so it's kind of like you know the 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 pursuit of perfection is the pursuit of something that's that's over and ended and essentially dead right but i'm also curious about her parents because yeah there's like this obvious uh you know all of the 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 obstacles that may experiences are the result of especially her mom but when it cuts to her being an adult did we ever find out what happened to her parents i because i don't recall they're just like gone right just gone okay yeah yeah okay because like yeah part of the way through the movie i was like I, I was like wait are her parents dead did she and especially when it starts like there was one scene in particular where she's like sewing old clothes together and there are clips of doll parts falling through the air and uh and she's noticing the parts of people, you know, Adam's hands and Polly's neck. And so, like, right maybe a quarter of the way into the movie, I was like, well, she's obviously going to be stitching people together. And and I thought, I was like, are her parents dead and, like, taxidermied in the other room or something? <laughs> That's what I thought at first. And it, it ended up going in a slightly different direction. But, yeah, I was, I was just curious if you guys, if, if you noticed something I missed where it said what happened to her parents. Because from what I could tell, they were just gone at one point you know yeah i don't think so i think they're just yeah i think we get a little bit of backstory about her as a child and then it's it's yeah and which which is interesting the that parents it's... wouldn't even be that old yeah yeah so who knows yeah either they died fairly young or maybe they just moved away and abandoned her i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe she just hates them yeah that could be you know yeah which is understandable yeah, well, and it was really interesting. She had this, like, uptight, uh, you know, like, perfectionist mother. And th- I think there was only one scene with her dad, and he looked like a 1950s greaser, like, hey, what are you going to do? Hey, <laughs> they go, oh, your mom. Oh, you, your mom's going to do her thing, whatever. You know, like, I don't know. He seemed like the opposite of what the mom was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every single character in this movie sort of, like, when they turn up, you're sort of like, who are you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with, with like, Polly, Anna Faris' character. I, I love Anna Faris. She's so great. And she's so good in this movie. And the way her character unfolds, like, every scene she's in, there's, like, a new facet to her character where you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, each time it's, like, a different new comedy bit, almost. Because then they're like... What's a scoople? <laughs> They're mispronouncing things on purpose, and it's like it's campy but really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, the scene with this where they're like pricking their fingers, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, that's she's into it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the way like that, immediately but, into it, you could tell she didn't even like think about it before. No. She's like, oh, I want the stabbies. Yeah. In my <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, and the way the camera stays on her face, and and just the expression on her face is just—it's perfect. Like she's so intrigued and so into it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but her, and then and then Adam, his character too, the way he kind of, because at first, like you don't know anything about him. Like she's, she's rubbing his hand on her face before you even meet the character. Like you have no idea who this character is. And she's already like got his hand on her face. Um, he's fallen asleep on the bench. Yeah, yeah, he's passed yeah. out in a in a diner or a cafe or something. Yeah, and and she's been trying to meet him. Like she tries to like she keeps trying to arrange this like perfect little uh, meet cute right. And she like walks past him and she can't quite make it happen. And so she's like eating in the same diner as him and he falls asleep. And it's <laughs> and and she just starts rubbing his hand on her face. You know, which is, I don't know, incredibly interesting. Well, I think, yeah, it's interesting because there's so much behavior that she engages in in this movie that is, like, definitely, you know, creepy, stalkerish behavior. But I, I think that, you know, the characters and, you know, to some extent, the audience, you know, I don't know how horrified you, you may or may not be while watching it, but, like, because she's this tiny, pretty girl, you know, young woman, it's, I, I think at first it's sort of like, 
oh, well, she's a manic pixie. It's quirky. And, right. You know, like, the, I mean, indeed, like, she, she tries to, like, tell Adam, like, oh, you know, I'm weird. Right. And it's like, no, you're, you're a creep. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which is so, like, yeah, because there are so many, like, manic pixie characters in romantic comedies, and they're, they're never believable. Like, it's never a realistic character, right? Whereas I, I feel like, I don't know, I hate, I don't want to say it's realistic, because I don't know how many, like, young young women are, like, cutting people up and sewing body parts together. But, I like, I think it's a little more realistic of a, of a depiction of, like, a truly socially awkward person, right, who has this... And it's weird, because on one hand, she's a sympathetic character, because, like, isolation... Uh, touch deprivation is a real thing, right? Like you can you can sympathize yeah. on her with one. On one hand, you sympathize with her, and you kind of feel bad for her that Adam is like starts holding her at an arm's length away, right? But then on the other hand, she ends up being the type of person who will like smash a cat with an ashtray and cut people up and sew them together. So on that, uh, you know, on that hand, you're like. Well, Adam's probably doing the right thing by trying to distance himself from her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and even and just before, like it escalates to the the ashtray and the stabbing. Like when, when she's just like standing outside his door yeah. for hours. Like that's yeah. very disturbing. Right. Yeah. Un- unacceptable behavior. You treat like, oh, it's a cute. It's something cute that you did. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, he's like, wait, have you really been standing outside my door for two hours? And I like, like, he's not sure whether to believe her or not. Like, if she really did that. Yeah. <laughs> he's just more concerned about giving her a smoking addiction. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> he's always trying. To, no, no. You, you draw off the cigarette a little bit longer. Right. <laughs> that's true. Giving this... her a cigarette. Yeah, this is the guy your parents warned you about that was like, look, there's, there are going to be guys who are going to try to get you to start smoking. And this... Maybe when you're 14, but they're like in their 20s, right? He's like, all the cool 20-year-olds are doing this. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Well, no, he gives her a whole pack of cigarettes, which isn't, I don't know, I, I, it's been a, like, how much are, what's a pack of cigarettes now, like $10? No way. No way you're just going to give somebody a whole pack of cigarettes. To encourage a smoking habit. In this in this economy, no thank you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. Uh, but there's man, there's so much fun stuff in this movie. Like I, I just I want to mention this for no other reason that it than that it entertained me. But the story she tells him where I can't remember what scene this was, but she's like telling him weird stuff just to like tell him weird stuff when they're first kind of connecting. And she talks about, like, the, vet, about the, vet, the vet office? The, well, she's talking to Adam. And yeah, she tells about this, the vet office. Yeah, yeah. And she's telling the story of this 90-pound dog, Seymour, who they ran out of yeah. big dog stitches. So they decide that if they triple up on cat sutures, that should do the trick. And we don't even see it, but it's the most horrifying story of the dog owner coming home and his dog essentially being disemboweled and just like just like spewing blood all over the backyard and and she's just like again she's telling it in this like cute quirky way like oh that was an interesting day at work you know and adam is like what the <laughs> fuck like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> well and she tells the story right after like they're splitting a sandwich which i'm already sort of like how long have you been like carrying that sandwich around? And then he cuts it with this pocket knife. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to eat anything that that knife is touched. <laughs> and then somehow she manages to like top the gross. Right. <laughs> so, by, by a large he's, he's margin. A that knife, that knife is like cutting like the, the casing off of wires and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that. Pos- like scenes where he's like using it like a dipstick, like in the oil or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that pocket knife would be banned in California as, as containing ca- cancerous materials. Uh, but, but I think it's right about, it's right about that scene, or maybe it's where they're sharing chips and salsa in the in the old truck uh you know which i was like that's that's you know interesting scene but it's that like at that point where she she says something like uh talking about how perfect he is and he's like 
He's like, nobody's perfect. And she's like, you're perfect. Like, tr- like trying to make him perfect, you know, and that's just, I don't know, that scene, I was like, oh, we got problems here. <laughs> like, this is not going to end well. Well, and I think that that scene where she's telling him about, you know, the macabre aspects of her job sort of, I mean, you don't want, you know, doctors and nurses to be squeamish about, you know, injury and disease, but like that. It does sort of like involve a certain like shutting off of like a natural sort of human, you know, fear of pain and sickness. And yeah, I, I I think one of the things that's so scary about this movie is that like it sort of underscores that a lot of the people that we trust to care for our most vulnerable our children, our pets, our elders, you know, the people that we place in in care. Like, there are people who are highly trained and well-paid who are, like, you know, supervising or, you know, like, doing the actual procedure sometimes. But then there's a lot of, like, support people who are there who are not trained, who are not well-paid, who, you know, maybe, like, they really care, but like they've got their own traumas that they're bringing to the situation and may snap, or maybe they're just like not very nice people. Like the receptionist at the school, for for instance, it's like, you know, she's like dropping the R word, like, oh, you right. should not be doing that job. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then like she walks in, you know, with these children and everything that's going on with her, and it's like, oh, gosh then like it just makes me think about like you know programs i've worked in where like i got interviewed and they're like oh you seem nice and oh you can pass a background check and that's about it because like these programs are just so underfunded that like right and then that's who your kids are being looked after right and you're like i could be sewing together dead bodies in my spare time and you would never know there's no way (laughs) No. Even when she goes, to, even when she goes to that school, she's like, "I want to work with these children." You know, like the blind. Like kids. that wasn't a red flag. They're like, "Why yeah. these kids?" I saw them in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she, she doesn't say that, but right. But no, but that's that's exactly it. And yeah. again, like if it was not this tiny manic pixie, I, I think it would be sort of suspicious, but. Oh, that's charming. She wants to help the blind children, you know. She's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and this, this is less of like at the level of, of caregivers, but, but one thing, you know, we're talking about nonprofits and, and my work with Citizens Action Coalition earlier. One thing that shocked me, like I just didn't expect this. Uh, but one thing I learned was that apparently there's a huge nursing home lobby. So there, there's like a lot of money to pay lobbyists to push legislators to pass policies that force old people out of their houses to like try to corral them into nursing homes uh, for, sure. for and like that's something i never even thought like it makes sense once you think about it but like that's an active thing like that's a real like there are people whose job it is to try and pass policies to make it more difficult for old people to stay in their homes and push them into nursing homes so that they can make a profit off of them you know which is yeah which is fucked like at a at a systemic level you know not just even an individual level but anyway yeah but so back to the uh you're, you're a downer tonight man what the fuck i'm sorry am i am I, i'm sorry i apologize yeah <laughs> but no the the whole thing with like working with the blind kids uh that kind of came out of nowhere like i wasn't you know, because the story's kind of going one way. It's got it's got everything set up with her and Adam and the veterinary clinic. And then kind of out of nowhere, I mean, I guess it's not out of nowhere because she saw these blind kids before. But then all of a sudden she's like going and applying for this other job, you know. And I was like, oh, what are like, what are we doing here? What's the, you know. And then it quickly becomes right. very clear uh, what they're doing. And that's, that's obvious, you know, that's the setup for Susie, the doll Susie, escaping from her glass cage. Which, that's maybe the most fucked up scene in the movie, I think. Oh, the glass! The glass, yeah. And it's, I thought it was, it's so fucked up, I thought it was May having a dream. 
Like when I first saw it and the, the doll hits the floor and what's that girl's name? Uh, Petey. Petey. Yeah. When Petey, Petey. when Petey, uh, pull, like pulls the, the doll and it shatters on the floor and all the kids just like thrust their hands into the glass. I was like, this has to be a dream. There's no way this is real. Because and, I mean, they're, they're only blind. They're not deaf. Like, do they not know the sound of broken glass? I don't know. That's a good question. Like yeah. to a blind person, that would be, I would imagine, I can imagine that's very terrifying. Right. Yeah. Suddenly there's glass you can't see. Wouldn't you, your first reaction would be, I'm just going to stay put for a second. Right. If, and, and if there are blind people listening to this, please comment, let us know. If you hear broken glass, do you thrust your hands in, or do you, or do <laughs> right, you maybe or try? It, it creates a sensation in you, like I must bread myself with whatever's on the floor. And you just roll it. That's what these kids are doing. <laughs> They're bread, They're breading themselves, themselves with broken glass. <laughs> yeah, it was incredibly fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess to me, like that scene, like I've never worked with. Uh, blind children before but i have been like at the front of one of those like horseshoes of a group of children Mm -hmm. many times and like just the sort of claustrophobic nature of like oh god they're all rushing me and they're all going to touch me like (laughs) that rang very true so like i guess yeah like the it, it doesn't really make sense like why are those blind children reaching for the the broken glass, but the sort of like the children in their hands just reaching out, like I gotta touch the thing I'm showing that you're showing me, like right. that that felt very like yeah, it makes my anxiety rise. <laughs> That's true. You know, we we may be overestimating the like abilities, the ability of children to give forethought in a situation like that. You know, like. It might be that the mob mentality takes over and you just, like, plunge your hands in, you know? Because Amy brought them a, a, a box and was like, there's the most amazing thing inside of this. It's <laughs> like the one sense that you have to, 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 like, to, to, to interact with. <laughs> yeah, she definitely did sort of, like, entice them in. That's, <laughs> you know? that's Trust true. Me, guys, this is a cool, creepy doll my mom made. Right. That's true, yeah. Because she didn't I, have any friends. <laughs> Right. And, you be my friend? Yeah. and yeah, the one sense that you would really need to appreciate this is the one <laughs> sense you don't have. That's true. That's true. <laughs> They're on the floor like, your doll is, is owie. Right? Yeah. Your doll is hurting me. <laughs> your doll sucks. Once again, it's like she so badly is like seeking connection. She's like, I'm going to become a school volunteer and you know, change these children's lives. And she doesn't, she doesn't understand. She doesn't work on their level. She's, no. she's too <laughs> odd. I think she should have been selling her clothing. Yeah. Uh, the costumes in this movie are like, cool. I mean, yeah, they're so beautiful. I, I have like, a big part of the reason that I love this movie is that I really like, uh, like patchwork, that sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I love dolls. Like okay. Rag dolls, porcelain dolls, creepy dolls. I I, I I love the creepy doll genre. I love dolls in general. I, I'm not like a like a huge collector or anything, but like I, I think it's sort of like the the Nightmare Before Christmas effect. Like I saw that as a little okay. girl. I was like, oh, yeah. that's a really cool doll. Yeah. Um, with, uh, yeah. with what's her name, Sally? Uh... Right. Yeah, Sally. Right. That's I think it's doll. just Sally. Sally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, yeah, there's so, plenty of that in this movie. <laughs> yeah, from patchwork dolls, patchwork clothes, patchwork, patchwork people. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you well, like Coraline? That's one of my. I love that one. Coraline. I do love Coraline. Yes, it's a, a good creepy doll movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, be- before we kind of get to the third act of the movie, there were just a couple other things I wanted to point out. Like, um, at one point, I think it's maybe where Anna Faris, Polly plays music and like dances on the table for May. The that that little boombox, that little that stereo is the exact same one I had in two thousand two. I was like I was like, oh I know that stereo. Like I'm I'm familiar with that. I use it all the time. But then also early in the movie, when she's trying to get May to hang out with her, and she's like, what's she say? She's like, uh oh yeah, we could you should come over and we could eat some melons or something. Right? And I was like <laughs> 
was like, okay, that's, uh, you know, sounds like a euphemism. That's funny, whatever. But then it cuts to her and May hanging out later, and Anna Polly is eating a melon. Oh, really? I didn't ever notice. <laughs> yeah, that. she's actually eating a melon, and I was like, oh no, she. It's a literal melon she's eating. That's funny. <laughs> Which I just I appreciated that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, like honestly, like there's so few movies out there with bisexual people mm-hmm. to have like a bisexual main character and like I I I mean. It's not like she's, you know, woman of the year or anything, you know, but like, yeah, it, it just makes me really happy to, to have, you know, the, the bisexual representation in, yeah. e- even in this genre. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, if you go to um, Xfinity's LGBT menu, like, they have, um, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender uh, movies like under these headings and if you go to the bisexual uh, menu almost every single poster thumbnail is of like three people lying on their back and they're all sort of like entangled with one another like <laughs> we're in bed together and, like right. this is and I think this is so incredibly limited like yeah. it, this is this, I mean, I haven't seen most of these movies, but like, it, it, it certainly gives the imagery of like love triangle. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So getting to see like <laughs> a, another story. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, and and in this movie, it wasn't about like the relationships. They were just what they were. Like it wasn't about that. Uh, you know, Polly Polly was gay, but it wasn't like yeah. I I think I get what you're saying that it wasn't like. It was just like any other relationship you'd see in any other movie. Like, it didn't go out of its way to say, like, hey, this is a gay relationship. It was just like, they're just, they're just in a relationship, you know? Yeah. And, you know, she, she sort of seems surprised one day that it's like, oh, I never noticed. Like, you do have a really beautiful neck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then when they, then when they're like making out, Polly has like, the mole on her finger, on her, yeah. and it like totally grosses me out. Like, she, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> well, she's not perfect anymore. Exactly. And yeah. it appears like my early two thousands crush. Well, well, May cares, so that's why. That's why. Yeah. See, if you cared about perfection, you might be chopping people up and sewing them together <laughs> to create the perfect human. To create the perfect human, yeah. <laughs> Do you think she used any of the cat in that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I really like the tail. Yeah, and she was talking about the fur. Well, and when she was stitching the person together, she pulled the cat out of the freezer. So, de- yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, textually on the screen, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's got, like, one amazing man hand, and then just, like, a little kitty paw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what would you, you think of this weird student movie? Oh, oh God, that was interesting, right? <laughs> it it was inter- I think it was, uh, probably, indic. It was probably like what a lot of student movies are probably really like that. I would I would imagine it's it's probably you know, the the subtext yeah. the subtext is pretty uh near the surface. You know what I mean? Well, I thought it was it, it made him weird. And yeah, it made their relationship make more sense. I thought. Like okay, this is why he's like he he wants to hang out with her and like he's kind of found someone else who's weird. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, and he yeah he's like oh I have these like whatever weird tendencies you know but then but then she's like no I'm actually gonna eat you and he's like whoa, 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 whoa. Eh, that's not you know I think he even says like not not that weird you know. <laughs> yeah, she bites him really hard in the lip. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And the way I thought was that he's sort of like he's cosplaying as the sort of person she really is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and especially in that scene where she like starts smearing the blood all over, you know, and he's he's like, "Oh, I have to go get a towel." And she, she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's right." She's like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> I like your blood. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. And she wants, she's just so uh, thirsty for human interaction, you know, like, so that's what she thinks that he wants, right? Yeah, she wants to please him so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is like, is tragic, right? This is obviously like a, a, a I, I mean, you could say like a classically tragic figure, May, right? Because she's just doomed. No matter what she does, she's doomed to, uh, like, it's never going to be a good ending for her, right? She just, it's not in, it's not in the cards for her at any point, you know? I will say it was kind of adorable when she kisses him for the first time, though. <laughs> and she's a little too rampunctious, but like, like you know, like when you bump heads. It was like her first time kissing someone, I think. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's her, and I, and I feel like I've, I've experienced that, you know, once or twice where it's a little too, you know, uh. I, but 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 he's but but I think he could in that scenario she wasn't even being I don't know when he's like who taught you how to kiss you know it's like all right uh, he's kind of being a in that scene he's kind of being a dick a little bit but you know oh yeah he's not a nice guy I, yeah no <laughs> when she goes over to his house like after he said he he doesn't want to be around her anymore she goes. She goes to his house, and then what happens? I, I think I missed something, where like the door is kind of creaked open, and you just see like oh. his arm. Yeah, I I think she was like standing outside the door, like she has in the past, right? She like she doesn't knock or or ring the doorbell right away, and he opens. I think he's starting to go outside to smoke or something, and yeah. he gets and he stops to talk to his roommate, and okay. so he's like kind of just hanging at the door, and it's it's a very convenient uh, plot device, maybe not realistic. But I think yeah, he's 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 heading outside, but he gets stopped by his roommate, and that's where she like overhears all the all the conversation, you know, where he talks about her being, oh, what's he say? A lo- he says she's a lunatic. Uh, his roommate's like, oh, you escaped the weird chick, whatever. And then there's the other girl. There's that other girl at his house, right? So yeah, and the dude violently doing push-ups, <laughs> <laughs> like in the like, where was he doing push-ups at? Where it's like he he was like. Like, my windows, there's a bit of wall first, and then there's window. Like, how long are his arms? He yeah. should be taking that guy's arms. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she did. Maybe that was a deleted scene we didn't get to see. <laughs> He's doing push-ups, and she's just like... <laughs> just cuts his arms out from under. I don't know if it's funny or not. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was so interesting. Like, it, I don't really know the last time that I've left a message on like an old school answering machine. Yeah. And like it made me think about, you know, back when people would use those and like you'd be calling up somebody that, you know, you don't really know how they feel. And like, there's just that dead air on the other side and you're like trying to leave like, Oh, you know, a breezy message, but (laughs) it, it always goes terribly and you just, like yeah. cringe, cringe <laughs> moment, like, and, you right. know, like, oh, and, you know, this is me, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, you yeah. I, identify I, yourself. Yeah, I love that, that was, that was a very fun scene, where, and so much, like, it's a, it's a, it's a horror movie, uh, I, things I watched after this movie about it referred to it as a slasher movie, which, it didn't occur to me to call this a slasher movie, but it, maybe it fits the bill, but so, like, the first two-thirds of this movie, uh, a lot of it is so funny. Like, there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of humor here, and especially that scene where she's, like, trying to leave, like, the perfect message, and it's just, you know, she's just tripping over her words and falling all over herself, yeah. Yeah. But so then, we do kind of enter the third act here where she she meets that, the punk, the punk dude at the bus stop who's got, like, that wild... It's not even a mohawk. His hair is just kind of fucking... It's Frank from Donnie Darko. Frank from yeah. Donnie Darko. Yeah, yeah. And he and so she, he, go, she go, he goes back to her place and immediately he's like, oh, it's hot in here. Do you care if I take off my shirt? <laughs> and then he's like, he's, and then he's like, oh, it's still pretty hot. Do you have any ice that I could rub on my nipples? <laughs> and oh, man. Even like I was fucking losing it. I was like, "Who is this guy? Like, what is going can on?" I a, can I have a cup of sugar to pour down my shorts? <laughs> right. What's he asking? Yeah. Yeah. I just met this for a 
works. Yeah. I'm so hot. Do you have any whipped cream that I could spray <laughs> over my body? <laughs> oh, mine wasn't meant to be sexual. I don't think of pouring sugar down your pants as something like that. No. It's just a cup of sugar. Normally it wouldn't be, but I feel like if this character did it, it, w- it would be sexual. <laughs> <laughs> he was asking for it. He was just asking to be murdered. Oh, man. Uh-huh. But then... And the, the movie calls attention to it, but he's got a Frankenstein tattoo, right? Which is, which is perfect. It's so, you know, so good. Not only to what happens at the end of this movie and the fact that she's stitching dead part, body parts together, but also like, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein as like the first science fiction, like the first horror novel, you know? Uh, so I, I, I thought that was pretty perfect as little, his Frankenstein tattoo. Let's look, yeah, let's see. So he sees her cat. She ends up killing him. And then really that's just, you know, it goes into the third act uh, at that point where she just goes and and she goes to Polly's it's house. Halloween night. Halloween, Halloween night. Halloween night. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes to Polly's house. And uh, which that scene where, again, Polly is like, you know, turned on by the fact that she has these two scalpels, you know, and she's like, she's like, I trust you, May, <laughs> you know, which is... Uh, Bad call. Not she should she should not trust May. Um and then you get so, Go ahead. She harvested Polly's neck? Yes. Like just the neck part? I I guess so. I, yeah, it's not super clear in the movie, but yeah, that was the body part she was fixated on, yeah. Yeah, like you know, you go you get like your 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 like lunch meat. Like that's what a, the 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 shape I I pictured. I'm just like, like my dad used to buy like old fashioned loaf. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's like an old Indiana guy like food. Yeah, I imagine that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, just the neck. Yeah, and then she goes and she takes uh, Ambrosia's legs, right? Uh, and then she goes. She has over- some nice legs. Even she, I like how she uses old timey leg lingo. She's like. I think she calls them gams. Gams, point, which yeah. Is a funny word for legs. Yeah. Gams. Yeah. That's really, yeah, and that's, yeah. An, that's another, yeah, hilarious part of this movie where she's like, uh, oh, yeah, you you know, you got nice gams. <laughs> but, <laughs> like that. yeah, but I think. Yeah, like, after she's, like, had her, her break and, you know, is this actually happening? Is it a fantasy sequence? Is she, is she just hallucinating? Who knows? But, like, Whatever is going on, she she's very quippy. Yeah, has a snappy dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think it happens like after the. I think it isn't like after like the if the glass case breaks. Like throughout the movie, yeah. a crack is forming in the front of that. Hopefully, you weren't saving that, Corey. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, and, and I, it was like slowly cracking over time, and she seems to like transform herself yeah. after it's busted. Yeah, and I, I wanted to go back to that actually because I think I think that's an important part we skipped over was that yeah the doll kind of represents her being isolated and repressed and then once the glass breaks, she's not only free to be herself in action but she even looks like the doll right like yeah. she, she even like yeah. takes on the the physical appearance of the doll. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, totally. But yeah, so then there's the scene where he goes to. Or she goes to to Adams, back to Adams' place, and he's there with his girlfriend. And I think his they're girl, slammered. They're they're yeah they're super drunk, and I think his girlfriend is like, uh, I, I think she's like almost picking on May. I, th- I it feels like very mean spirited that she invites May in, and uh, yeah, but so they uh, to her detriment, they both end up getting murdered by May, you know, and then May May. Goes back to her house with Adam's perfect hands. So, so let's see. So then she and a leg and a neck. I mean, she's like she's collecting a human bucket of KFC chicken. <laughs> she yeah. has all the fixings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's got it like a very uh, a very <laughs> disturbing like bingo card. Right. <laughs> she's yeah. like... <laughs> but uh, but no. So then she goes and I, and I I like this um. I like this little bit where she finally gets it all sewed together and she takes the ashtray and rearranges her name, right? And names this being Amy, right? But then she's like 
So she's created like her idea of perfection and it's, and it's still not perfect, right? Like it's still not, it's not giving her what she wants, you know? And it's just like, and it's almost heartbreaking where she's like, like imploring this thing, right? She's saying, see me, like, see me. And like, yeah. And she's like, obviously a, a twisted psychopath, but it's so, but you like, you, I, you like you're, I, I don't know for like your heart still breaks for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, you've like, I, I, as sick and twisted as it is, like you know the the symbolism, like the idea of like cobbling together this work that's the sum of your loved ones and life experiences, that's like you know a reflection of you, and then like you don't get like the feedback that you want from it is like of course now you're going to scream see me like you put your pound of flesh into it and like you know yeah yeah like like you said like you know it's never going to be perfect it's never going to be good enough it's not sustainable it was never going to end well for her but yeah i mean like yeah I, i as somebody who likes to collage stuff you know like I, i've definitely like oh i have all this cool stuff and i'm like all i have all these ideas and i finally figured out how to you know organize it and put it together and then what <laughs> you're like come on come on do it like do the well, thing what does this mean about me <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you're like come on be I what i, be be you, what you I want to like sort of like validate you in that moment and that's it, it, it doesn't do that yeah. So what else is kind of sad is is the word Amy. If you spell it A M I E, is is a friend in French. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yes. I did not yes. know that. <laughs> she she finally made her friend and. Yeah. It's so, just sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. So what do you think about the ending? Where because this is actually the way the movie opens up, which I I, I thought was kind of cool to like draw you in immediately. The movie opens up with her holding her like her bleeding eye, and like obviously something terrible has happened, and then it cuts to her as a child, and you're like, okay, not sure what to do with that. I'm sure we'll revisit it later, uh, but then she she plucks her eye out, pops it on the Amy doll, and and then has that you know whatever hallucination whatever it is where the doll actually like moves its hand or the, the being whatever it is and caresses her face you know so i w- yeah i wasn't really sure what to quite what to do with the ending maybe right there at the very end you know where she plucks her eye out and 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 at least imagines that she has what she's been looking for this whole time you know yeah so i don't know but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I was I, I didn't know anything about this movie. I had no expectations and it was it was a, a an incredibly pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed it myself. So Yeah, me too. I'm so thrilled that you guys wanted to watch it and talk about it cuz yeah, like I, I don't think, you know, it's it's not as you know, commonly sort of thrown out there like, you know, Halloween, you know, when like AMC is doing that's one of my favorite parts about this podcast is like we we have guests who are like just we'll watch any movie. You, it's and, and and I like it that like because I'll I'll watch movies and, and I'll I'll go to friends or whatever and be like you have to watch this movie <laughs> and they're like yeah sure and they never watch it. <laughs> We're those people. We will watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it we'll watch it. We will do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the next one we're covering is one I've never heard of, a 2009 movie called Pontypool, which again, I, I started watching it, I'm like half an hour into it, and I need to finish it before we record on Wednesday, but never heard of it, had no idea it existed. I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far, like I can't wait to see how it ends, so. Oh, you guys have to watch the new Nicolas Cage movie, and I'll mess up the title, it's like the massive weight of something Unbear- talent unbearable something. talent or the the yeah the unbearable weight of massive talent something yeah sorry it's like yeah. such a long title that I've heard, but it's <laughs> so good and then the most insane because because cory you and i were maybe before but if not now big fans of nicholas cage because of just 
I, I, anyway, I'm discovering how weird and crazy of an actor he is. But he has the most insane lines of dialogue in this movie. I don't even want to say him because I don't <laughs> want to spoil him. They're just yeah. so out there. Like, he, he goes crazy with his acting and stuff. It's I great. can't. Yeah, that's, a, like, that's, that's high on my list to see. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, we're kind of uh, we're coming up to time. We usually try to keep these about an hour. You know, maybe we can. Right. We're not. I don't know if you have a hard stop. We don't, but we try to keep it. You know, we don't want we we want to be respectful of your time. But so we we'll, we can go ahead and get into head cannons. We're at the move into the movie here. We can get into head cannons and wrap this up. Uh, was there anything else about the movie that you guys wanted to talk about? A scene or or anything that we didn't cover that you want to talk about at the end here? Just that her. Um... Not her final, like, murder outfit, but the outfit that she wears when she's constructing the sort of, like, magenta lacy patchwork. Yeah. Uh, I, I makes can, me... I, I, can pic- I can picture that one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine the one you're talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah, she has this, like, magenta lace velvet patchwork bodice top that she wears, and... I just, I think one of the, the big reasons that I kind of enjoy this movie so much is because I had a skirt that looks like it could have been cut up for that top. <laughs> okay. that, like I think I actually wore it to a wedding in 2003. Nice. So it was just so like, took me back to that time and wearing weird clothes like that. And yeah, I just... I love the aesthetic of this movie, and I love the the dolls and the the sewing things together aspect of it. And I'm just so <laughs> glad we got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I absolutely agree. Yeah, the the aesthetic of this movie is unique and it's great. And yeah, I you know murderous tendencies aside, uh, I yeah, I love like I love the stuff that May wears. It's always interesting and and uh, and fun. Next week we're talking about 2008's. Pontypool, the Canadian film Pontypool. So be sure to check that out, that one out. Also, if you want to hear me and Brent tackle a comedy for a change, you should check out our friends at A Star Is Lorn. It's a fun podcast where they go through the entire filmography of movies based on Saturday Night Live characters. We did an episode with them before on the Coneheads which was a blast, and then just this week they've released a new episode we did with them on A Night at the Roxbury. So again, that's A Star is Lorne with friends of the show Mike Jeffers and J.R. McIntyre. Be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Pod, on Twitter at HorrorMoviePod, and as always, you can follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. But so, did you guys have an idea for uh, headcanon? Did you want to either you want to jump in or you want me to go first? It doesn't matter to me. Go first, Corey. Go, okay, are you sure? Do you want to go? I, 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 I'm worried I might steal yours. Do you want to go first? You're not going to steal mine. Okay, all right, okay. So, here's my headcanon. After this movie happens... God damn it! <laughs> I was gonna do a sequel, I can't. Uh, so no, after this movie ha- happens, both May and Polly are no longer able to work at the veterinary clinic, right? They're no longer able to work for the doctor, right? So right. obviously, he he doesn't have the help that he needs. He relies heavily on May, especially for a lot of stuff. So his business goes under. He goes bankrupt, right? The, 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 he, he goes out of business. So in an effort to avoid creditors and debt collectors, he actually has to change his name. He changes his entire identity uh, to a man from Kazakhstan named Azamat Bagatov. And he takes a job as a producer for a man named Borat Sagdiev. And so... If you watch the movie Borat, it's actually a sequel to this movie uh, yeah. where where this actor, Ken Davishian, is playing the same character. He's just had to change his identity to escape his, his debt collectors. So that's my headcanon, is, is that Borat is actually a sequel to May. 
A, a side pull. A side pull, maybe. I thought you were going to say that he, like, employed, like, the doll that <laughs> name created from the body parts. <laughs> That'd be even better, yeah. <laughs> using, using the doll's perfect hands to, to stitch animals yeah. back together. <laughs> he was like, you are... Doing surgery is like being a mechanic or a plumber, right? Like if this tube goes there and this tube goes yeah. there. It's got essentially the same thing. You went to medical school for twenty years. Same sure. thing. <laughs> He's like, please, please hand me scoople. <laughs> uh, well, well, Heather, did you have a head cannon? Or if not, we can we can go to Brent. It's totally up to you. Well, again, like Brent said, he. Um, I guess I sort of feel like that this is kind of. It occurred to me pretty quickly that after, you know, the the end of the movie, like, Amy touches May's face, and then it seems to me that they should get up and put on patchwork tuxedos <laughs> and sing Putting on the Reds. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's obviously that, the next step in the story. Yeah. That's, that's so. the epilogue. We needed, but uh, we deserved, but we did not get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I dig that. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> nice. All right, what about you, Brent? What do you got? All right, so mine is based on um, Adam, right? And there's a point where he shows May his film, right? Mm-hmm. And so Adam, he sh- he shows May his student film. But it's it's sock puppets, right? And Adam, he's later freaked out during foreplay when May puts a patchwork puppet on his wiener and makes it say, "Look, I can smoke cigarettes too." <laughs> As they watch Adam's apartment burn down, Adam says, "I think I should go," and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i like can i add on to that that i like yes. I, I want a movie about the fact that he's kicked his smoking habit but his penis still has a, a smoking <laughs> habit and it's this like they're, they're always like he's like what have i told you about smoking in the apartment <laughs> there's that crossover point though where he's still trying to quit where the where the wiener's like i know they're in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> right, just, just give them to me. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah, perfect. That's great. All right, well, I love it. Before we end here, uh, I, I, I do. I have a quote written down that I didn't get to share, it, but it's uh, the director Lucky McKee says that May. This movie wouldn't exist if not for Amanda Plummer's performance in The Fisher King, right? Which is a movie with Robin Williams, Robin Williams and I think Jeff Bridges, which Lebowski, yeah. yeah, which makes me want to watch that movie. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie, but he, but he said uh, this movie owes a lot to Amanda Plummer's performance in that movie. So, I don't know, makes me want to go watch The Fisher King. So, but well, uh, I found out uh, i didn't realize the first few times i watched this that it was edited by ryan johnson really yeah i didn't i thought i love ryan johnson i love every movie he's made yeah his cinematographer for star wars is the cinematographer on this movie really that's interesting i yeah i didn't know that well heather right at the end here this is usually the point where we give you the florida to plug any, you know, I don't know if you have, uh, if you want to point people toward social media or uh, if there's, if you have a, sh- I don't know if you have a short film or anything on, on YouTube, but uh, the floor is yours. Uh, plug away. Um, I, I guess I don't have anything personally, but I, I want to plug uh, your local public library and local journalism. Support them. They're good. Yeah. Nice. You know, I read, I saw something today where, where Brooklyn, I think it was the Brooklyn Library was opening, uh, like any kid across the U.S. can get a membership with the Brooklyn Library, and they can borrow like ebooks and stuff, which I, I, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Why so. that's only a library thing is wild, right? 
it makes sense that it would come from there, but there should just be like free books everywhere for kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Like Stephen King has a website. What is it? And it's like you can listen to any Stephen King. It's very specific to Stephen King. But if you're interested, what it Stephen King audiobooks.com, you can find like pretty much everything he's ever written in audiobook form. Um, on that website. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That website. So that's awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you for sharing uh, this movie with us. It was, I, thoroughly enjoyed it i really appreciate it and uh yeah thank you everyone at home for listening this has been head cannon <laughs>